Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here we go. Round our way, the birds are singing, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Brighton snatched a point at Palace and the Premier League is on the move. It's Tuesday, 28th of September. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Vidushin Hunter-Raja. Howdy, folks. Good to have you with us. It's Tuesday, a terrific Tuesday, I think, Andy. What about you? Every Tuesday is terrific. Clever. Vish, you were at <laughs> Palace last night. I was. You were I by. Was. You were with our very own Jules Breach, who would have no doubt been fist-pumping when that goal went in from Neil Morpé. Yeah, you know, it, so she was uh, She was in the press box. Um, you know, obviously she she's a journalist. She's a very well-respected journalist and... TV presenter. So she, when she, oh, well, she's not here. You yeah. To... So when she leant over my shoulder at half time, we're after, aware of who Jules is and what yeah. she does. <laughs> after she, <laughs> you let her in your press box, did you? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the veneer was gone when um, it got to half time. Palace had obviously just taken the lead, and she walked past me and it leant over. Palace press box very small. Sat next, to, sat shoulder to shoulder to everyone else, and she's went that fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you know, I, you know, the more people that know about the jewels that we see, the better. I think. I think those who listen to the ramble knows what a gem jewels is. <laughs> also, I think it's a constant complaint of journalists that you know you don't understand the game, you don't feel the game like us fans. That is certainly not the case. Mm. I, yeah, I mean, I think that's gone out of the game a little bit. Do you not think? Or do you think you it's think? still there? Yeah. May, or maybe I'm hanging around with the right people. Maybe you are. Well, you're here, aren't you? <laughs> yes, You're sat true. opposite oh, Andy and true. I. Yeah, yeah. 
It was a great, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. It's the first time I've ever attended that game. It's the first time I've been to Selhurst Park in like nearly 20 years. My but, goodness. Um, well, it, brilliant I'm, atmosphere. I'm sure on behalf of them, they, they were delighted to have you back. Uh, of course, Palace and Brighton drew one all on it. Oh my goodness, they were so close. Two goals at the end of each half. But of course, we're going to focus on the one that happened at the end of the second half for obvious reasons, Andy. But it was heartbreaking for Palace. I mean, that would have been treated like a loss of course, they were so close. Was it 95th minute? Just defend the ball, kick the ball further up the field. Yeah, yep. that's that's the feeling, isn't it? That, <laughs> oh, dear. Even, even as a neutral, like, uh, Palace really deserved to win that game. Mm. It was the almost perfect performance. They were really great. And if you compare it to their recent games against Brighton, when... Brighton have hammered them and had absolutely no reward in those games. I think that's where they've got their XG numbers up against Palace, (laughs) actually. And it was kind of the opposite yesterday. Uh, It was uh, something that took you aback a little bit if you're used to seeing Palace Brighton in recent seasons Mm -hmm. to see Palace just swarm all over them in the first half. But they were always a little bit vulnerable, Palace, to that that long ball. That's the only way Mm -hmm. that Brighton looked at getting at them. I mean... And the very few chances that Brighton had, there was there was that one in the second half where Sanchez, it looked like a clearance. It was actually an amazing flat pass out to the right, I think it was Moda. And there was a cross came in that the, the, uh, Palace kind of struggled to clear. But that, they, were, they were first to everything defensively. Mm-hmm. Conor Gallagher was everywhere in midfield. They, they were terrific. And I think even if you hadn't seen their last couple of games in, in which I think they've been globally pretty impressive and Palace after after the start of this season since the Spurs game have been I think pretty impressive or since the, the second half of the West Ham game really have, have been pretty impressive you, you could look at that and say Patrick Vieira has truly made a stamp on this team and mm. they're his team um, but you know if you're going to score an undeserved equaliser like Neil Mopo you might as well milk it like that right <laughs> didn't he just I think of all the players, Palace fans who wouldn't have wanted to score that goal, it was possibly him. Come, is it time for a discussion yeah, on whether on whether Neil Morpé mm-hmm. has dethroned Jamie Vardy as the Premier League's rattler in chief? Well, it's good to know that he's got a successor. Yeah, when it is actually, when, yeah, when, when, yeah. It, when, it, when he goes, isn't it? But I think Morpé, though, the interview that he gave afterwards when he was talking to Dave Jones, Thierry Henry, and uh, Jamie Carragher. He came across very well, I thought. Oh no, I mean, I, I don't. I, he is absolutely the kind of player that has white line fever. Yes, and I'm all for it. Whereas and, Vardy, on and off the pitch, I think is the same. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I've, I've heard the stories. Yeah, yeah. The um, is more pay drinking skittles in vodka. Maybe a bit classier, isn't he? Right. Well, if you can't do that after scoring a 95th minute equaliser yeah. against Crystal Palace, when can you do it? Yeah, but, but I don't cellar- think Vardy was doing it. Like immediately post game. No, anyway, no, that's true. I the, mean, um, interesting man of the match presentation, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> He's there doing the chat and trying hey, to decant it in his hand. More, more on skittles later, though, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. I, so um, the the end of that game off the back of the equaliser was incredible because Zaha, when he scored, went to the Brighton fans. He he made a note of of making a beeline mm-hmm. for them and he giving did. them the end. Obviously, they have a lot of history. He's got a lot of history in this encounter mm. as well. I think that was his. Eighth goal against him and fifth in a row at Selhurst Park, so he's. Um, oh, he loves that fixture. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's been. Um, yeah, I mean he has been the player that you talk about when you um, when you do consider that fixture. But Morpay, <laughs> Morpay's reaction 
was obviously there, you know, the Palace fans were further around him than mm. the Brighton fans, so he does it on the way there. And then he just kept it up. Yeah. And when he um when all the Brighton fans went to celebrate with him, Duffy, I think it was Duffy, was just doing the rounds on the other three sides, <laughs> just giving it large <laughs> to all the uh, all the Palace fans. And then oh, obviously there was no. that big standoff at the end because Sanchez goes in for second at the final whistle. Because mm. I think, you know, they kicked off and, and the referee blew his whistle and then there was a bit of a... Yeah, a bit of a standoff between him and James MacArthur, but yeah, it was a really absurd game. To, I think, I think it was a, it was an atypical Palace Brighton game because of how well Palace played, mm. because Brighton didn't really ever sniff in that first no. half, and because of that, no, there was no real it. back and forth. It was just Palace fans, you know, at a certain level, almost the noise was almost plateauing until Zahar actually got that goal, but um, yeah, they. <laughs> Vieira said he wants to cut down on the mistakes. I didn't necessarily see that outright as a mistake. You can't... What are you going to do? You're not going to take Guaita to the training ground and be like, right, never fuck up a kick again, are you? I thought they did a lot right yesterday. Well, yeah. I agree with Andy about Vieira. Yeah, look, the, the, the kick can happen. You know, I, I understand that if he got, goes over the defender's head, you know, that's probably the game over, as they were saying. Um, I mean, Veltman plays the ball very nicely back in, but I forget yeah. which defender it was. Like, should just be heading that away. There's no two ways about that. Why he kind of just left that to go over his shoulder. But earlier on in the game, Ayu had a chance, Andy. And Thierry Henry was particularly unhappy that he didn't square the ball back to, uh, was it Benteke, rather than shooting. And I thought, I know what you mean, Thierry, but it's wise to be to be wise after the event because actually that was there to be hit. Also, is, is Benteke... Benteke guaranteed to put it in the back of the net. <laughs> well, it's one of those ones where if he squares it and doesn't get it quite right, and he puts it just and behind, he's not, or he's not expecting oh, it, all that business, yeah. you think, why on earth did you not have a crack at goal there? No, I mean, the fact is, the ball didn't end up in the back of the yeah. net. I take the point. I mean, but it's there you, to you know, be hit. You know, you hear that, you know, you thought you had scored, you were wrong, you were wrong. Mm. That is the biggest one of those that I can ever remember <laughs> because it was quite a prolonged. We've scored. Oh, actually, we haven't. Do you not remember Doesn't Raheem it? Sterling versus Italy in the 2010 oh, yeah, 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 World yeah, Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There the, was that one. There was that one, Andy. I thought Benteke's reaction or lack of reaction was quite instructive about that. Because, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't see anything wrong with Ayu taking on that shot beyond the fact I think it's like 35 games since he started scored. Mm. <laughs> that, oh, come on. But Benteke, you know, when he missed it, Benteke wasn't there like pointing at his feet, being no. like, you know, why am he passed the ball? Mm-hmm. And it was massively wise after the event because I only realised from the other angle because I was on Ayu's side on that, on that side of the pitch, I only realised when we when I saw the other angle that had he passed it to Benteke, he would have taken up the defender closing him down and the goalkeeper. And when you're in that moment as a forward, you've got to take that shot. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah, I, I I agree. Like if he'd have cut it back and puts it in, then brilliant. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, very disappointing. And that would have that would have killed off the game. You yeah, think. there was also the uh, the chance where um, uh, Sanchez messed up a kick and inadvertently gave it to Edouard and Palace basically had a three-on-one situation mm-hmm. and for some reason because Zaha had already gone for the first press miles offside and Edouard just plays in the ball through mm. but that, I... that, that is the thing though that is the quandary that Vieira has because you get an incredible shift out of Jordan Ayew even if he's yeah. completely done in terms of confidence at the, at, the, at the moment which hopefully for his sake will, will yeah. come back with Odson Edouard you're, you're getting the goals and that's it Sure, but uh, but he's he's got some players to work with there, and and it'd be interesting. I mean, he's he's missed a chance. Everybody can miss a chance. Do you know what I mean? But does he need to do? Does he need to keep apologising like Bruno Fernandes? Does? 
is what I would say. Well, I, I, think, I haven't I think seen a written statement. 500 words is the minimum. The absolute minimum. I, I think no typos. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's no, what we no, want to see. No that's emojis. What, it's not a laughing matter. That's what we want mm. to see. Otherwise, he's disrespecting, quite frankly, the whole <laughs> of South London. Um, you know, but, uh, but there we are. I jest, of course. I think Millwall fans are cool with it. I think they're very cool with it, Andy. Yeah. Did you Patrick Vieira watched Amazon's When Eagles Dare documentary to get a better understanding of their rivalry with Brighton. Uh, it was just before he took the job so he could sort of understand it. I mean, we do need something to understand this odd rivalry, don't we? <laughs> I understand the reasons. I can't be asked going into it now. Google it if you want. But uh, but it's a, it's a rivalry nonetheless. And, that, and football can throw these things up, of course. It was, it was a funny thing, wasn't it? Uh, when Brighton were getting harried and hassled in the first half, Mark Kukurea, who's made... a a pretty good impact, I would say, at Brighton. Mm. He did have a sense of what this is a this is a derby or a classico or <laughs> something. He just seemed completely rabbit in the headlights about yeah. the whole thing, didn't he? Well, he won't be next time, Andy. And then he started. Then he started taking people out, and he was like, "Okay, he gets it now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you mentioned earlier, but this little word for Conor Gallagher, who looks all action, doesn't he? Genuinely outstanding. Mm. Um, I had to, I had to look it up a few times that he was still only twenty-one because obviously he was there at West Brom last year, and mm-hmm. Palace tried to get him last year. But he was, he was at the forefront of everything good that they did. From the way he was all over the pitch, not just, you know, he was part of the middle three, but he was out on the left helping out Zaha. He obviously wins a penalty from running in from the right. I think all but two of his passes were in, you know, went into Brighton half. He was always looking forward. Led the press as well. There mm-hmm. were a few times in the second half that I noted where he um, he would go right up to the goalkeeper and Sanchez and close him down. And bear in mind, Brighton are very good at keeping the ball and recycling the ball and starting moves from the back. Mm-hmm. He had, you know, he had their goalkeeper kicking out for touch. Mm-hmm. Great hair. Yeah, lovely hair, lovely, hair. A very handsome boy. The only one as well who didn't get involved in those fifty fifty cuffs that were never going to be fifty cuffs at yeah, the end. Uh, well, probably because he was in, spent waiting in, in the in tunnel fairness, for him. He, he should have had about four bookings by then. Yeah, yeah, so, he did. Yeah. So that was probably part of it. I suppose it's the other side of it. The fact that he is like incredibly enthusiastic, but I definitely had this moment of clarity in the the, the, the second half, and maybe it's because the sporting politic has changed a little bit at Chelsea. But I, I just looked at him and I thought. I can actually see you playing for Chelsea yeah. in, in, in the future, which you never used to think about Chelsea players on loan at all. Yeah, that's so true. Because I, I, I had to do a follow-up last night for, for this morning, and, and I was like, I thought about that. And I was like, can I say that with any certainty, given the, the ability they have to buy players, even the people who don't really get a look in right now at Chelsea? And I thought, well, actually, yeah, because he's clearly smart. Mm-hmm. He clearly mm-hmm. gets it. He, he doesn't, you know, he ran around a lot, and you're right, he, he should have had a booking earlier than he did get one. But he clearly, he got attuned to the game so quickly. He did yeah. it against Spurs as well. He had a very good game against Spurs. And obviously that second half against West Ham was was all on him. And um, yeah, and, and he's only 21. Mm-hmm. But the big story of the game, of course, is that Brighton missed the chance to go top of the table, um, which would have been quite the time because um, that would have been the first time in their 120 year, 120 year history that they would have topped the top flight. Andy. So, yeah, still sixth, though, with 13 points. Isn't that crazy? They're sixth. Don't get to go first. You're still sixth. Um, gentlemen, before we get to some uh, Premier League news, um, we have to mention the uh, the video many of you have seen of uh, <laughs> of, of EA Sports FIFA, uh, of course, that's been doing the rounds on social media. If you don't follow us on Twitter, get involved. There is a wonderful, wonderful video of somebody playing FIFA, Newcastle United involved. Was it, a pe- it must be a penalty shootout. Or something like that. Is it a fish? I, I think so. Yeah, because so basically all the bench rush on, mm. and 
Yeah, the uh, you know the finely tuned athletes are making their way on, and then suddenly, as they do, penalty shootouts yeah. one, and then suddenly everyone sprints towards the 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 the, the kick taker who's won it or the keeper who saved it. And speaking of a kick, suddenly this man comes out <laughs> from the pack, like Usain Bolt appearing, <laughs> and it's Stevie Bruce. If you want to see what it looks, Steve Bruce at top speed, outpacing all his substitutes, looks like get involved in that. Balan Sam Maximum tweeted this video saying, "Can you explain to me, EA Sports FIFA, why did you give me ninety-one pace and ninety-nine pace to Steve Bruce?" <laughs> so in this situation, they would have programmed it so that it's obviously a celebration scene, and the managers all run at the same speed. So mm. potentially, yep. had he not left his job last year, that could have been Roy Hodgson. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been Roy Hudson. Could have been Roy. I'd like to see George Jesus doing that, Andy. Oh, that, that well, well, he'd fly, wouldn't he? He would fly. Yeah, that, that's that's what he'd do. That is true. It, it was it was nice to hear you actually give a mention to uh, the Lazio Eagle guy yesterday. Yeah. Handed <laughs> handed his eagle over to Maurizio. Sorry, used to be the Benfica Eagle guy. You're joking? No, and the, 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 he had a dispute with the club, so he. Him and his eagle off to, yeah. to Lazio. Who else likes eagles? Yeah, I was going to say, lucky he had the vacancy. <laughs> Do they Maybe just he move cre- between he created the role. Palace, Lazio, and, um, and sorry, Benfica? And Benfica, yeah. 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 Th- those are the three. That's I lovely, like that. that. Excellent stuff. Well, gentlemen, um, talking of uh, flying, the Premier League might be going abroad. How about that? Premier League shareholders met at the Landmark Hotel in London. Always the Landmark, just because of the name. Maybe. It's a lovely joint, to be fair. Is that the one in Marlebone? In yeah, Central? it is. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's quite near um, where I go to church. And lots, lots of dark and devious stuff happens in there, though. Yeah, not at the hotel, not in your church. Yeah, right enough. <laughs> uh, lots of light and positivity happens at the church, and I think you'll find. Uh, There's a lot of light at the Landmark as well because of the open little cafe, but... Ah, Sorry, go good. on. Yeah, 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 you'd know. <laughs> but do they find these corners, then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vish will find them. Um, yes, uh, they were discussing the growth of the of the Premier League. I was. It had got a bit small, hadn't it? Yeah, yeah. I did think you know what? when when the super clubs in Europe were falling apart mm-hmm. on their knees, yeah. and the Premier League teams were driving this change for uh, you know European mm-hmm. Super League. I did think, yeah, they need this. Yeah. It's like going to an oil field. Can we get any more out of that? <laughs> you know what I mean? it, just, it, is, it includes plans for a roadmap for meaningful matches abroad. Here we go again. Is it the 39th game all over again? I mean, they j- will try anything, won't they? Um, this was raised at June's AGM uh, and has been in the ether for more than a decade. For those of you who remember the 39th game, they wanted the 39th game in the Premier League, which would be played all around the world. Um, that was uh, blocked of course, by uh, everybody who's got a passing interest in the Premier League. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, what do you think to this then, Vish? I mean, the Super League, of course, has, has not long been uh, beaten away, although we'll uh, talk about that in just a sec. But Premier League growth and so on, I mean, what do you reckon? Well, I, I suppose the the word to emphasise in this, as you've done, is meaningful because... Mm. I think they've obviously seen what happens in the NBA and the NFL when they bring games over to the UK and it's not necessarily the best teams and it's not necessarily the best players. And certainly I think from what I understand of the way that the 39th game was being talked about, mm-hmm. because it was an add-on, there wouldn't be as much appetite from from either side, really, from the Premier League teams who wouldn't want to play an extra game mm-hmm. to actually the fans abroad who probably thought, actually, why would we really go to this? It's just a glorified exhibition game, really. Yeah. Um, it does absolutely speak of where football is at the moment um, in that they've obviously looked at 
where fa- where fans are interacting with the Premier League, specifically with clubs. Actually, this is more about followers of accounts rather than mm. fans, yeah. um, and they see that as a big marketing opportunity because they basically want in on what clubs have been doing for a while now with various sponsorships from around the mm-hmm. around the globe. So, I mean, obviously, money is at the, is at the heart of it. Um, it's interesting though, like as someone who's got friends in India through like the work I do in cricket. The, the appetite for the Premier League, the appetite for football teams over there is huge. Oh, it's enormous around the world. Yeah, and, and so part of the, part of me is is wondering, like, is that a nice thing to do? And the mm. other side of me is thinking, well, actually, There's I'm giving them, nothing I'm to giving do them too much be, credit. It's yeah. nothing to do with being nice. Let's absolutely, be clear. yeah. I'm let being us, them let more us than, be absolutely yeah. abundantly clear about that. No, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, more far, you know, more than halfway. I'm almost doing it for the sake of talking about it. Yeah, really. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I but, just but, and, and it's understandable. Yeah. One thinks that. Well, actually, it would be, and of course, that that would be one of the the you know sort of um, by uh, one of the effects of it. Yeah, of course, somebody in you know New Delhi, Nairobi, you name it. Tokyo, they would be able to go and see a Premier League game potentially. Obviously, that would be good. But let's again, let's be honest: the the ticket prices wouldn't be really cheap for people. You know, it would be a certain ilk of person. This is just to make money. That's the end. I of mean, it. first off, are we saying that Southampton Burnley is more sellable now in Hong Kong after Maxwell Cornet's joined um, Burnley. <laughs> I, I yeah. think that's what we're well, saying. And it's isn't it? good that you look at the finer details, Andy, because yes. Fish and I have obviously missed that somewhere down the line. There, <laughs> yeah, I, mm. I think so. I mean, uh, the. the and the NFL and NBA thing, as someone who's a big fan of one of those sports, at least, is it's a false equivalence because no one goes to every home and away game yeah. if they're a Golden State Warriors or Miami Heat fan mm. because it's just geographically yep. impossible. So I think it, it falls in quite well with, the, I guess, the Pep Guardiola thing last week about you know bringing mm. B teams into mm. into League One. It's just complete like sort of goldfish memory misunderstanding <laughs> of what makes English football yeah. loved so much over the world and it isn't just the mm. the Premier League it's the Premier League in context mm. as well as the depth of feeling and you know I think I saw um, one of those um, Premier League years that they'd made already of um, 2021 season mm. quite recently Turns out it's totally shit without fans. <laughs> it was a rubbish watch. I yeah. turned it off after about five minutes. And that is the thing that the last year should have told us, A, we could do without such a packed fixture calendar. And B, you need fans for television at the very least. Yeah. Without talking about the feelings of those fans and the, the history and tradition. It's just a rubbish televisual spectacle. I just don't understand who is going to watch this. Yeah, I mean, the you you mentioned last year is um, it kind of touches on a why that I have when I read read up about this is because obviously loads of clubs lost a, a decent amount of money last year. Um, it's the ultimate. Off and, it's the ultimate excuse, isn't it? Yeah, you know, that it's sort of gain, regaining lost revenue. And well, yeah, you know, the talk of like every club will be entitled to an extra five million quid as well, mm. which maybe five years ago wouldn't have sounded much to Premier League clubs, mm. and now you know because of what's happened, feels that a little bit more significant. So, um, I mean, hopefully there's strong resistance to this, but Look, we'll see. Those of you who rose up against the Super League, we might need you again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do get involved. All right, everybody, let's go for a quick break. Hold up. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What do you want me to do? Take my T-shirt off and swing it over my head. Welcome back to the Football <laughs> Ramble, everybody. Oh, dear. Never get bored of that, man. Uh, right then. Let's have some emails. waiting for another reload. <laughs> uh, I've got an email here from Aaron Hartley in Cincinnati. Ooh, never are, been. Are you a Bungles fan? Hello, Ramblers. I apologise for... Di- for <laughs> I apologise by diverting MLS chat from old Phil Neville's into Miami. Oh. But FC Cincinnati have sacked Yap Stam. Oh, Yap. This is not surprising, though as they've won just one of their last 16 games. Big difference to Fizzer. Obviously, they didn't have a positive result last time round, but that's what happens when you don't compete in cup finals. <laughs> <laughs> it is. As you might recall, when the Dutchman was announced as a head coach, the club's official Twitter used a picture of Ajax youth coach Tinnus van Schoenbrock. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well, the local news has used the same picture on its firing announcement. <laughs> <laughs> it's come full circle, ladies and gents. The local derby is called Hell is Real, and it's true. Hell is being a supporter of this club. I do feel for bald men sometimes when it's just like, yeah, you all look alike. It's like, come on. I mean, I, I, I want to... you're going to do it, do it properly. I, I want to give a them... picture of like Richard O'Brien or something. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like somebody totally different. Patrick I... Stewart. Is yeah, it, is yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. That's the default, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even De La Pena. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, <laughs> I want to think that this is a bit... I want to think this is for the real ones, you know. On. If you know, you know. I want I want to think that someone at that news agency has yeah. done this deliberately. Yeah, I know what you mean. If you know your Ajax history, yeah. text <laughs> in now. Yeah, or or this, simply this, if you know what Yap Sam looks like. Yeah, I think, I think it was the same person going, do you know what? 
this for those who get this they will absolutely love yeah. this gag <laughs> I think so uh, we've got one here from Dave Asio it says uh, having not seen the twirl based attempted assault on Edison from the Chelsea faithful over the weekend uh, the proper discussion interrupted only by occasional spellsy giggles trademark uh, reminded me of an anecdote from American sport in the 2010s American football player Marshawn Beast Mode Lynch a charismatic fan favourite and running back at the time for the Seattle Seahawks developed a reputation for his love of the Skittles candy which he attributed to shaping his football career. Mm. It got to the point where, upon scoring a touchdown, fans would serenade him with bags of Skittles thrown onto the field. It's <laughs> unclear as to whether Edison is secretly a lover of twirls, but the question I have for you, Ramble family, is if you were a footballer, what would you want to be showered in by your faithful fans? <laughs> that is... Can we not open this to Pete? Yeah, please. We had to, yeah, let's thank goodness he's not here. Oh, no, he'd probably say yogurt. He likes yogurt, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not code word, but um, this <coughs> this chap, um, Mr. Lynch, Beast Mode. I mean, talking to if he loves Skittles, he should definitely go out on the piss with Jamie Vardy. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Beast oh, Mode, Banter Mode. I mean, is this why um, <laughs> shellless Skittles? were um what created what? you know no shell skittles no why is I, this? that look of disgust was when caroline barker actually um shared some with me and some other people we were working with a while back and i was like this this can't be real the, the, the whole texture thing of it i couldn't did you feel deal dirty with it at andy yeah, yeah I, but andy but andy actually, did you feel dirty but did you like it a little bit actually for throwing purposes i could see they would be practical Don't put why would that why would they be, I mean, it's all right be... for marshawn because he's wearing a helmet yeah, well, what, what about point. footballers? Imagine getting one of those on the bonds. Well, I was going to say, don't throw skills at people, but it does. It reminds me. I say it reminds me. I recall um, many years ago on 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 the pod when we did a, a profile of a derby uh, in Mexico, the Guadalajara derby with Club America, maybe. And there right. was there was a there was an occasion where the goalkeeper, when they were hammering them. He, apparently there was like a magazine by the side of the pitch and he picked it up and just started reading it as if to say, oh, this is so easy. Like, well, I just I don't have anything to do. And then predictably in the uh, in the return game when they were he was away from home, every goal he conceded, magazines just rained down oh, on him. That is so good. <laughs> Isn't that nice? That is perfect, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's in, um, in the Netherlands where they have a collection for... Um, for kids, don't they? Um, and they they throw cuddly toys on the pitch at half time. I think. I don't know. And it's like quite the sight. I mean, but yeah. but shit houseery. That is, <laughs> I'm all for that. I, I think that's one of the best ones I've ever heard from, when, in the game. When Sanchez celebrated after the after Neil Morpay's goal, um, and the final whistle went, fans got so angry in the goal behind him, full of Palace fans, that someone threw. <laughs> I think it was like a. He had, he had a banner, a cloth banner, and he threw it. And obviously, the impact of it was lost as soon as it hit the air. Yeah. And it just fl- floated back <laughs> down to earth. Just totally at odds with the angle with which it was thrown. We should say, don't throw things at football matches, everybody. Or if you do, screw, the, screw them up first. Because Andy. they might go further. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Or maybe wrap them in a bit of stone so you can get a proper distance <laughs> on Unbelievable. them. Unbelievable. <laughs> Paper aeroplanes at Wembley is fine, though. Uh, I have not been told. Um... What about, surely in the Carabao Cup, just Carabao? Just cover yourselves in Carabao. <laughs> That'd be really, is well, that the next sort of, step? Sort of like a Formula One podium. Yeah, can, maybe. Can you imagine how hard you would have to scrub yourself to get all the sugar off? I, I was thinking more like the opening scene of Blade. Like when anyone scores, <laughs> it's just like raining down upon everyone. I mean, now, now you're testing my memory. Andy, you're a, aren't you vegan or something like that? Um, I have vegan tendencies. But a bit of soy milk or almond milk, whatever you have. 
Well, our almond milk's quite bad for the environment, but soya, I suppose. Is it, yeah. is it really? Yeah, it is, yeah. Nice to hear you caring about the environment mm. now. Finally, we've got to you. Um, <laughs> well, there we are. Show at footballramble.com, ladies and gentlemen, for that kind of uh, nonsense. Right, uh, back to uh, the football. And uh, speaking of um, nefariousness and all that kind of stuff about Premier League going abroad and da 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 da, uh, we've got some uh, Super League punishment uh, news for you. Interesting uh, use of the word punishment, Marcus. Why yeah. is that? <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Please yeah. carry on. Yes. I was punished with a raise last year. <laughs> That'll learn you. <laughs> yeah, fool your boss into giving you a punishment of more money and less hours. Uh, it emerged last night that UEFA's proceedings against Barcelona, Juventus and Real Madrid over their involvement in the European Super League has been declared null and void after a court in Madrid ruled last week that UEFA should not punish the three clubs. Have ever the words caught in Madrid been <laughs> more important? <laughs> oh dear. Andy, um, justice has been done. We can all agree. I'm just imagining... Move like, on. Yeah, exactly. On. What else have you got to say about this? I'm yeah. imagining a game show called uh, Juiz Florentino right. with um, the big man sitting there, you know, with a little sort of plastic <laughs> hammer in his chair going, He's there. I, I, think, I think we should be let off. Right, motion carried. Yeah, yeah. and the guy who did the Chicago 7 just nodding along, going, yeah, 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 all, all for that. Yeah, absolutely. Who did you want me to back? Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, UEFA have also said they will not yet uh, collect the goodwill payments from the other nine clubs, meaning that as it stands, no punishment remains for the European Super League project. Even though the original lawsuit brought against, uh, brought about sorry, by um, the 12 clubs against UEFA when the ESL was proposed is still ongoing. So, you know, it just, it, 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 let's just all get along. Let's all just forget about it and uh, just don't do that again. Oh, you're still thinking about it. Stop thinking about it. It's a use of null and void, though, as if, mm. like, okay, you know, it, it didn't happen. It's like a, a level above an annulment. It's like, okay, let's, should we just say we never met? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's just say we never met. Yeah. yeah. It, it's uh, it's piss poor. Also, even though, yeah, we're not going to collect the goodwill payments, and it was like, well, if they're goodwill, they should be given anyway. It's not mm. for you to go and collect them. It's all just a big shame. It says not yet. Yeah. Oh, okay, Andy. Yeah, the you, level of menace. You're right. You're absolutely right. We're doing them. What, this... what were we thinking? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're on tenterhooks to find out when those payments will be collected. Um, gentlemen, I'd like to bring to the table Mark Clattenburg. Did an interview recently with You're Daniel. really going to bring him to the table? Oh, big time, baby. Big time. Uh, he did an interview recently with Daniel Taylor. Uh, head of the release of his new book. How about that? He's revealed a lot about the world of refereeing, as you'd expect, uh, particularly how normal he is <laughs> compared to everybody else. What a great guy Clattenburg is compared to the other knobheads who are uh, referees. Apparently his rivalry with Martin Atkinson became so intense that they ended up trading punches at a referee get-together. I bet not a single punch was thrown. Yeah? Yeah. I have, I have no doubt that not a single punch was thrown. <laughs> Big man on canvas. There. Well, no, just I'll because, show you a punch. No, because it, it's exactly the kind of thing that people. There was, you know, no one was there. Not, I mean, apart from obviously, there were some people were there, but no one bought witness to it. It's the first we're hearing about it, and it, it's one of those weird stories that reflects well on both of them that they threw punches. I guarantee you, not a single punch. Do you think if there. a policeman was there, he would have given them a caution? <laughs> Um, he said we were playing five aside in the gym I caught him with a tackle he threw a punch I threw a punch back from that moment there was always a certain level of respect between us but friendship was out and then the kissing started <laughs> I made that last bit up Andy 
Um, so, yes, uh, apparently Graham Pohl ran the, the Red Wine Club, which was a selected group uh, for the referees in his inner circle, which included Paul Durkin, Graham Barber and a few others. I kind of miss Paul Durkin. Uh, yeah, Paul Durkin from Portland in Dorset. That was one of my earliest football memories Is when they right? would read out where the referees were from. I just like, like, liked how he looked like Paul Scholes' dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just very, very enjoyable. Apparently Graham Pohl was Clattenburg's hero. Um, and, Imagine uh, having a hero as a referee. Oh come on! I don't. I think we can be a bit too harsh about this. There's a proper. Oh no no and, no! And no I'm not, with Vish on this. Yeah, oh, yeah, really? Come on, Andy yeah. Brassel, the man who hates nobody and doesn't have a bad bone in his body. Yeah, but I, I don't hate referees, but I don't want to hear about them. Okay. Yeah, I'm, at I, all. I'm absolutely the same. Like, yeah. I have to say, the level of hubris in thinking that. Well, I, I suppose it's, it's got amusement value, but. Him thinking that anyone would care about any of this stuff. <laughs> All right, it's hilarious. All right, Andy, you've got me back on side. I, I mean, you know, this is this is going to be filling up the book warehouse in a very short amount of time. <laughs> Under twelve months, I'm going to say pulpy poos. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm going to say that I'm sure I'll get at least two like <laughs> copies for Christmas, which I'm not looking forward to. Yeah. No, you, you shouldn't. You'll do. also get a free one from uh, from the PR agency. Always get free stuff in PRs. It's not now, out. we won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be lucky to get a PDF. Andy, you'll enjoy this though. You'll enjoy this. Apparently, um, Clattenburg said, "Mike Riley asked me where do you want to go for for your last match of refereeing, of course, in the Premier League." I told him I would love it to be Tottenham, so I could get a box, take my family down to London. Have a nice weekend. My last three games, West Brom v Bournemouth, Everton v Burnley, West Brom v Leicester. <laughs> I said, thanks very much. That shows the respect you had for me. <laughs> I've never used to like Mike Riley. <laughs> that is quite funny. That is quite funny. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with Andy on this. I didn't mind, you know, the tattoos. I don't mind the flash car. Like, obviously, you know, it's his money. It's his, his career, his success. He should, the, he should enjoy it. What about the little lizardy lick in the... Didn't Sancio? mind that either. Yeah. Dry lips are a problem. <laughs> I, I carry lip balm with me all the time. But if you're a referee, yeah. you've only got so many pockets and they're filled with cards, a little book, presumably a pencil rather than a pen so it doesn't run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and yeah, so, so I don't I don't mind it. You don't mind the lick, lick away. It yeah. did it did fuel David Icke's uh, theory though for a bit longer, <laughs> though, didn't it? <laughs> that yeah. was that was the problem. That was the for only me. drawback. That yeah. was a problem for me. I'd rather hear about David Icke than the <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad it is. <laughs> Do you know Jim went to see David Icke once? <laughs> Brixton Academy, genuinely. He's not here. To, in fact, I'm not slagging off Jim. Um, well, did he I, open for him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Jim has told this story, I think, before the round. I'm sorry, Jim, to say this in your absence, but like, it's, you know, Ike's come up again and it's all my fault. Um, yeah, I think Jim only lasted six out of the nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jim can talk it's about that next time. Double bill with Hugo Chavez. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Chavez, come on. Suddenly Chavez with the old heart playing. Yeah, People have crazy. no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. But those who know, know. All right. Now, let's talk about the Champions League for crying out loud. Let's get back to something... Uh, something wholesome. Something more yeah. controversial. Uh, because Man City playing uh, Paris Saint-Germain and uh, FC Porter playing Liverpool. Lovely pair of ties, I think you'll agree, gentlemen. But yes, Manchester City are travelling to Paris to face uh, Pochettino's uh, PSG. And uh, it's nice to see Pep versus Poch again. And, and Pep, of course, was, was very um, pleased. What did he call it? A fascinating week. Of football he was talking about. Before we talk about the actual game, former Manchester City man, uh, Sami Nasri has announced his retirement from football just at the age of 34. 
I mean, he's been on the way out for a, a, a while, though. Yeah. Hasn't he? Well, I mean, he, he, he said his 12-month doping ban destroyed his career uh, and he's been without <laughs> a club since Anderlecht let him go in 2020. So you can understand a bit. He's not, he doesn't realise the other side of that coin, does he? No. I, I <laughs> no, do, he doesn't. I do remember as well, because it was about that time, he, he had the loan at Sevilla and his first six months of the season, what? Absolutely mm. brilliant. They, oh, was, they, people can they, forget what a player they, they, he was. They were so good. Oh, he was such an intuitive player. He was, he was incredible, super intelligent. But I remember around that time as well, he had that extraordinary picture on Facebook, mm. which was him in this sort of like leather studded front room mm. with like neon signs. And it just had a little legend saying, relaxing at home. Mm-hmm. And obviously the first comment said, why do you live in a sex club? Yeah. <laughs> um, did he uh, Did he not used to, to rent an apartment or a house off uh, Phil Neville? He certainly did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He certainly did. All right. Nothing to do with the previous comment. You, you, you know what though? It's one of my biggest ramble regrets from before when I was on it because he's famously sweary. Yeah, Sammy and Asri. Back from when he was, I remember a, a friend of mine interviewing him for TV at I guess it would have been under seventeens, and he was part of an incredible French under seventeen team with mm-hmm. uh, Menez, Ben Arfa, Benzema. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah, well, oh, there's proper finished. players. In and, there. and anyway, um, my, my friend interviewed him, and, it, and he said, "That's great, Samir, but could, could we do it again without the swears?" And he said, "Oh, sorry, sure, no problem." And he put all the swears in exactly the same places <laughs> all over again. I remember <laughs> over over Get a, him on the show. <laughs> Over a drink with with Jim though, in um, Jim's getting a lot of mentions today for not being here, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's working hard. Um, I, I remember being in some Shoreditch hovel with him late at night <laughs> some years ago, uh. and I felt like I was really close to convincing him that Sammy and Asri's swear of the week should be a feature on the <laughs> on the on, on the ramble. Yeah. That, I mean, back in the day, we would have definitely done that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Don't tell me that ship sailed. <laughs> Just tell me there's a chance, Marcus. Yeah, there's always a chance. There's he, always a chance. He was legitimately, when he was at the peak of his powers in the Premier League, he was the best technical player in the Premier League. Like, there were so big, many... Big shout that, Vic. Yeah, no, I, but, but I believe that because I feel like he could do anything. He's got a brace against United where um, the first one took a bit of a deflection, but ping the half volley with his left foot. You know, Ben won a route with the outside of uh, his foot around Van der Sar with his right in the second half. That goal he scored for Arsenal against Porto, where he basically in the Champions League. In the Champions League, when he when he originally gets the ball, he is nowhere near the goal. Yeah, and and also he because he gets it so wide, he never has the intention of of doing what he eventually does. Mm. So it gets to a point where having reacted so much, he sees the avenue to go down. And thought, oh shit, I might be able to, to get a goal here. I mean, to have someone who is like in almost every aspect of his game, the ultimate street baller. Yeah. To have someone like that, someone who you would love to play football with in the street, who you would love to play five-a-side with, mm-hmm. to translate that type of talent and make it succeed in the Premier League, that's actually ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> yeah, we remember him very fondly for that. And also being a great tenant uh, for Phil Neville, of course. <laughs> exactly. The less said about that, the better. Right, moving good on. Good on gentlemen. Twitter as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very good on Twitter. So, yeah, well, we're looking forward to PSG uh, hosting Manchester City, of course, as well. 
And uh, apparently there's no more discontent in the PSG ranks because um, Mbappe and Neymar were seen laughing at training recently. Ha, 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 quickly take the photo now. So all is fine, Andy. All is fine. Separately. What I quite like about... Good old yeah. Photoshop. Yeah, that would be good. Blazing sunshine in the background of one of the photos. <laughs> Neymar with a Willy hat on. <laughs> or, just, or just like a really bad Photoshop as like... <laughs> as Neymar Neymar as like Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> he's just in the crowd like oh yeah oh, good one what is the deal with free kicks <laughs> no you have pens no you um, what I quite like is when Poch is asked about Messi he's like yeah well you know he's in the squad he's in the squad <laughs> are you going to play him well he's in the squad alright like I've made, well, make I'm not going to play him he, he might well pick himself he might well pick himself <laughs> not really my department exactly yeah, yeah, you're, really you're going to have to ask him if he's up for it but my pay grade mate by the way is Pep going to do like obviously we spoke yesterday about the peak Pep was was when he had a go at Nathan Redmond for not attacking <laughs> the match I think he might do that to Messi or or like Mbappe or Neymar. I mean I know he has come no, against no, no. these players he'll do it to Neymar in front of Messi yeah I mean, what would be nice yeah, yeah, is yeah. presumably because it's Operation Messi at Paris at the moment. If he went up and like sort of grabbed Messi's cheek, imagine him getting flattened by like ten security guards, <laughs> <laughs> all dressed like Men in Black. That yeah. would be amazing. That would be very good, Andy. Uh, Liverpool are facing uh, Porto, of course, after uh, playing uh, Brentford on the weekend. TV adventurer Ben Fogel has been helping Liverpool with them um, boosting their mind control and mental agility under pressure. Apparently, through the context of his own expeditions. Why? Well, you've got to try everything, haven't you? But why Why have they gone straight to Ben Fogel? I don't, I don't, I don't think they go straight to him. I don't know. We conceded three goals against Brentford. Right, get Fogel in. Well, if he doesn't answer a call, David Blaine, what's he up to? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Quite interesting, really. So, Week before uh, Burnley away, surely. Yeah, I, I was going to say that's probably the bigger picture that they're looking at. <laughs> yeah. So there we are, Andy. How are Porto looking at the moment, Andy? Decent. You know that? Um, they... Really should have won at Atletico Madrid in in, in the first game. Uh, they were terrific, and to go to Atletico Madrid and be the better team is is, is really impressive. And Sergio Conceição, before this game, when he had his press conference yesterday, he was like, "Yeah, we've got the quality to win this. Of course, we've got the quality to win this." I, I really love his attitude. Like you know, there is not a situation that they won't absolutely take everything to like beyond its ultimate conclusion. They're so tough. They work so hard. They're not really like a, a normal Portuguese team. Mm. And obviously he will row with absolutely anyone <laughs> yeah. in the touchline. I would like it to be close enough for him and Klopp to go at it on the touchline. Oh, I think so. That would be nice. We'd all enjoy that very yeah. much. So there we are, everybody. Well, we look forward to uh, the Champions League. Uh, tonight of course so uh, get your eyes and ears on that right everybody thank you very much for listening to today's Football Ramble part of the Acast Creator Network of course on tomorrow's show Jules Vision Jim will be in your ears well ask him about David Icke you shall do and you will get answers <laughs> uh, not from Ike though uh, but from Jim there we are thank you very much Andy Brassel thank you thank you for Dushan Handaraja thank you thank you ladies and gentlemen see you soon Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 